I've met and worked with thousands of aspiring slow fashion founders over the past half decade, and I'm rounding up the most common mistakes I've seen so that you can avoid them. And I'm also sharing what you should do instead so that you can be successful and make $20,000 plus with your first launch. In this episode, I'm going to do a comprehensive overview of everything that goes into starting a fashion brand and the mistakes I have seen. We work with our clients through every single step, and lucky for you, you can actually get a list of all those steps so that you don't miss anything and you know how you can go from idea all the way to successful 20k launch. You can get this free checklist plus free trainings from me at recloseted.com masterclass. This is our brand new masterclass. There's several different lesson videos and trainings in there and I've taken it directly from one of our paid programs which is our launch your brand program and you can access it for free now. We launched it for our five-year birthday and we're still offering it. Make sure you snag it if you haven't already. The link is recloseted.com masterclass and it will also be in the show notes for you. As I mentioned, at that link, you will get everything, the free checklist, the free trainings, and all of that will really help you kickstart your brand and get the first few pieces done. You're going to be getting it for free, and I'm really excited to be able to offer this for you. Again, check it out at recloseted.com masterclass. Join the slow fashion revolution with Recloseted Radio. As the number one podcast for fashion entrepreneurs with a conscience, we're here to help you reach new heights. I'm your host, Selena Ho, the founder and CEO of Recloseted, and I'm on a mission to share my insider knowledge and strategies for launching a successful sustainable brand, growing your existing slow fashion business, and making your brand more environmentally friendly. I also invite industry experts to share their stories and insights too. So subscribe and let's get to work on transforming the harmful fashion industry. The first thing I want to talk about when it comes to starting a sustainable fashion brand or any business in general is to set it up for success. This is really important. And there's a few things that I've seen that are rookie mistakes. The first one is not setting up your business structurally correctly from the beginning. What I mean by that is generally we recommend to our clients to incorporate your business, meaning that you're going to create it as a separate legal entity from yourself. It's going to be its own person, if you will. And that will really protect you, protect your assets, and also just be better and cleaner from a tax perspective as well. So work with a lawyer to set up your incorporation. Just make sure that it's set up and you're protected and everything is kosher and ready to go. I've seen a lot of people either DIY it and try to do it themselves and then things always run into complications. Typically, an incorporation fee is about $1,500 to $2,000 depending on the lawyer you go with. And honestly, it's money well spent. I really think that you set it up once, you set it up properly and you're done versus you trying to do it yourself. Unless you're a lawyer, if you're a lawyer, then go for it. But if you're not, then definitely hire someone. And the other thing as well is if you try to do it yourself and you do it wrong and then you have to fix it I've seen it be more expensive than if you had just hired someone to do it from the get-go the other mistake I see is that people start off as a sole proprietorship or they try to not incorporate right away because they feel like they don't need it and while you could get away with that potentially before you launch and maybe for your first couple of launches there is a level of risk in operating a business if you were to get sued then the person could come after your business assets, your personal assets, everything's up for grabs. 
you want to make sure you set yourself up for success and set your business up as a separate legal entity from yourself. On top of incorporating, the other thing that you must set up properly from the get-go are your finances. This is also something that I've seen that people either dilly-dally with or they don't really know how to set up their systems. And I always talk about this on the podcast, but you need to know your numbers. You cannot stick your head in the sand. You need to know how much you're making, how much you're spending, and then how much you have left over. It's really important. And I always get our clients to utilize a software called QuickBooks. And I will have a link for you down below. Our link will give you a discount for six months. That'll be helpful. The reason why I suggest QuickBooks is because most accountants prefer the software. It's just easy. And then on QuickBooks, what you can do is start to input your expenses. Every time you utilize something, you go out to eat or you're trying to experiment with materials or even your incorporation fee, you can just enter it all into QuickBooks. And then that way you don't have to manage like a bunch of spreadsheets, keep a bunch of receipts, and it's all going to be organized for you. And come tax season, you're going to thank me that it's all organized. The first year I did business, I definitely did not have a system set up. And so I had spreadsheets everywhere. I had receipts everywhere. And then at the end of the year, when you do your taxes, you have to aggregate it all. And you can imagine if you're not organized and you're not on top of it, you have to go back a year and try to figure out all your receipts and all your expenses. And if you've launched already, then you also have to figure out all your customer data and the sales tax and all that stuff. It's a complete nightmare if you are not organized. Do yourself a favor, get yourself set up from the get-go with QuickBooks. And then when you start making money and you've launched already as well, QuickBooks can really help you track your revenue. And the really great thing about it is that you can pull reports and you can see snapshot view level of how much money you're making, how much you spent and all that stuff. I am not sponsored by QuickBooks, but honestly, it has been so helpful for me and my business and also for our clients. Make sure you check it out. Even if you don't use QuickBooks and you use something else, that's fine. But just make sure you have a system set up and you know what it is and you can jot it all down and you follow it so that come tax season, you're set up and ready to go. The next thing I wanted to talk about is the foundation for you as a founder. This is important and I talk about this a lot in the masterclass and I work through a lot of what I'm about to tell you. Make sure you go through those lesson videos in the masterclass. They're towards the back half. Reason why setting a foundation for you as a founder is so important is because you are the leader of the business. You are the main strategizer. You are the main executor. If you don't have a solid foundation and you are lacking in certain areas, then your business is not going to be as successful as it could be. And in other words, you're going to be the bottleneck of your business and the bottleneck of your business's success, which you don't want. As such, it's really important to continuously work on your learning and development, invest in mentors, invest in programs, invest your time in podcasts and books to really continue to level up. And then the other thing as well is your mindset. If you've never heard of mindset before, it can sound a bit wishy-washy, but honestly, it's been really such a game changer for me and also a lot of our clients as well. But it's essentially your mindset when it comes to running your business, when it comes to being successful and all these things. And so it's really all about making sure you're not limiting your success, you're not self-sabotaging, you're allowing yourself to be as successful as possible. And I'm not a mindset coach, but I have 
have consumed a lot of resources over the years. One book I really recommend to literally everyone, to all of my clients, all my friends, it's called The Mountain Is You. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's a really good book on self-sabotage, really making sure that you don't limit your own success. I highly recommend it. And then Brianna Weiss, she has a lot of other books as well, but her other book, 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think, is also really good as well. But read a lot of those types of books and do the work in the masterclass training lessons so that you can really clear out some of that stuff and really make sure that you are optimized and primed and ready to go to take your business to a successful launch. The other thing too is to just continuously work on your productivity and this is key because a lot of the time I know people like to self-fund and side hustle their businesses which is a good way to start and a lot of our clients have done this. I personally side hustled, we closeted and as such your time is really valuable and you want to be really productive and efficient with it. And that just means that for every hour you spend in your business, you want to make sure it's actually driving the needle in your business. You're not just doing work for the sake of doing work or trying to feel busy just to make yourself feel better. It's really important to actually do work that matters. In my first year of business, I worked so much and I think I really prided myself in working a lot. And I feel like there was a lot of that toxic hustle culture kind of mentality I was buying into. But anyways, I digress. But I was working a lot. And I realized that even though I was working so much, the business wasn't really moving forward. It's not like we were making more money or anything like that. And a lot of the stuff I was working on was honestly just a waste of time. It's really important to be strategic and choosy with what you're doing. And of course, that starts with starting with the right strategy and having that in mind and then just executing to it. So be productive, continuously think about and challenge why you're working on things and what you're working on as well. If you're working a nine to five job right now and you're side hustling, then you you must set firm boundaries. I've talked about this before, but the time you need to work on your business does not go away. It does not change. If you are going to be working on it, then you need to set aside the time to do that. And that means setting boundaries at work, not working past 5 p.m. or not working past 6 p.m., whatever that looks like for you. It means potentially saying no to social events and seeing your friends and family potentially a little bit less or just being more choosy with how you spend your time and just really have those boundaries and prior straight because if you really want to get this business off the ground it is going to be hard it is going to take time and you are going to have to prioritize it that's just the reality of it but you kind of grind for a couple of years and then after that hopefully you've grown and scaled and you can hire some help and it will get a little bit better slash potentially you can work on it full time but up until then it is going to be hard it's going to suck a little bit I don't want to sugarcoat it but it's important to set your expectations in the right manner and then also set up your foundation as a founder. In summary, make sure you continuously work on your mindset, leverage the trainings in my masterclass to help you do that, as well as books such as The Mountain Is You and other resources and podcasts that you can find. You also want to challenge yourself and make sure everything you're working on is actually going to move the needle in your business and you want to continuously try to be as productive as possible. And then of course, last but not least, you want to set aside time to work on your business as well. The next category I wanted to discuss is around funding. There's a few mistakes that I've seen here First and foremost, a lot of people stick their head in the sand when it comes to their numbers. And so you need to be realistic about it. You need to be realistic about how much it's going to cost you, how much you think you're going to need to spend in terms of time, and then also where you're going to get this money. It's really important to know so that then you can stop stressing about it. 
Otherwise, it's definitely going to be something that's subconsciously nagging at you in the back of your mind. And then you're always going to feel like this business is either costing too much money slash you don't have money. And then you're just going to make really weird and bad decisions. Really deal with this up front. One mistake I see as well is that people try to do a lot of different funding mechanisms to fund their brand because they think the more ways they're funding it, the more they're going to get. But what I've actually seen is the opposite because it takes time to do a funding vehicle or a funding mechanism well. And if you are spread thin amongst five different funding mechanisms, you are not going to get as much as if you just focus and double down on a couple. For our clients, I always get them to do self-funding. So funding from themselves from a nine to five job, contract gigs, things like that. And then also pre-sales. Their customers are going to prepay them and that really helps with forking over capital for production and also for materials. That's the method I always recommend to our customers. But if you're listening to this thinking, okay, what's a funding mechanism? What do you mean? Basically, it's a way you can get funding and capital and money for your business. And there's a few of them. And I don't mind listing through some of them right now. The first is self-funding. You are funding this business yourself, either through a nine-to-five job or contract gigs, things like that. The next one is funding from family and friends. And if you are in a privileged position where your friends and family want to support you and give you money and things like that, that could be really nice. But the reason why I don't recommend that for our clients is because A, not everyone is in a position where they're able to get or borrow money from their friends and family, but also B, it can weirdly add to the stress a little bit because these are people you care about and they've given you their money, they've given you their goodwill, and it can add a layer of stress sometimes. And personally for me, I'm quite independent when it comes to my business and I would just like to rely on myself and just kind of like risk my own money versus someone else's and that's kind of just personal but if you're in the position where there's some money either your family and our friends have and they want to invest in you and your business then that's amazing like you can definitely leverage that as well the next one is basically using your customers that's pre-sales which I talked about your customers essentially prepay you and then you go and fulfill the orders afterwards. The one thing about this is that it can be really finicky to execute and really difficult to execute, which is why I have a very specific way about doing it. I've talked about how I recommend a two-week launch before on our YouTube channel. If you want to go and watch those videos, you can just search Recloseted on YouTube. It'll be on there. But essentially, I recommend you launch in a two-week window so that you can collect up orders, really get them all going, and then you can go and fulfill it so that you're not constantly trying to get pre-sale orders and constantly fulfilling because that is a nightmare. Make sure you watch some of those videos if you are curious about how to execute it. And then of course, there's also loans. You can get loans from the bank and this depends on your credit score. It depends on interest rates and interest rates are quite high right now. Another reason why I don't recommend that right now. I also feel like borrowing from the bank can be stressful because if you're like me, you'll kind of think about the interest in the back of your mind and you're like, oh, I really want to try to pay that off ASAP. And it's just not fun. I just honestly, again, would rather do self-funding than borrow from the bank. And then of course, there's also grants. Think of grants as a scholarship for your business. If you are in a position where you feel like there's some grants locally you could apply to, amazing, go for it. The only thing is that a lot of people tend to apply to grants. If you are going to be using this as one of your funding mechanisms, make sure you give it your all because you don't want to try to do grants, get a bank loan, borrow from friends and family, self-fund, 
because like I mentioned, you're just not going to do any of them very well. And then you're not going to get as much money as if you had just focused on one. Last but not least, there's investment from venture capital, private equity, things like that. This is a beast in of its own. And I think it's quite rare for VCs and PEs to invest in a sustainable fashion brand from the get-go unless you're like a celebrity and you have a backing or something like that. I don't think that this is the best method for you right now. Instead, like I mentioned, I would just focus on one to two funding mechanisms, do it really well so that you can get as much funding as possible. For our clients, I recommend self-funding and pre-sales. The next category of mistakes I wanted to talk about is around your customer. One rookie mistake I commonly see is that a lot of startup founders will try to target everyone and attract everyone because they think that the more people they will appeal to, the more they will make. Where in fact, the opposite is true. Because if you try to speak to and attract everyone and you try to appeal to everyone, you're going to be way too general and way too broad and you will actually resonate with no one and you will attract no one. It is much better to be specific and niche down. I'm sure you've heard that term before, but it is really important to be specific and really niche down when it comes to your customer. I always get my clients to pick a customer that is quite specific and also someone they actually are passionate about helping and supporting because this is the person you're going to be thinking about day in and day out when you are trying to strategize for your business, develop products, think about marketing, all those different things. It's really important you are passionate about helping this person and you are as specific as possible. As an example, one of my clients really wanted to help new moms because she was recently a new mom as well. She felt like there wasn't a lot of stylish, intentional and sustainable pieces. She wanted to fill that gap in the market and she was really excited about it. That's a really specific example of the type of customer that she's trying to attract. Building on top of the customer category, another big rookie mistake I see is not validating your products. This is really important because if you don't validate your products and you don't make sure they solve a need, they solve a pain point and people actually are excited about it, then what's going to happen is you're going to launch and you're going to have crickets and no sales. And that is the worst because you have spent time, energy, money, and resources into something and now it's not selling, what you want to do is make sure you take a customer-first approach. I talk about it all the time on this podcast and also on our YouTube channel. Make sure you go back, listen to some past podcast episodes, slash check out our YouTube. The people that listen frequently will know this, and I don't want to continue to talk about this, but put your customers first. Interview them, get to know them, figure out their pain points, and then create a product that actually solves that pain point. I cannot emphasize that enough. This is so important. We don't need another sweater brand. We don't need another loungewear brand. We don't need another pair of jeans. But what we do need are products that solve problems and actually are different from what is already in the market. And speaking of products, another rookie mistake I see is that for brands first collections, I feel like a lot of the times they get really excited and they feel like they need to launch a 10 or a 15 or a 20 or a 50 piece collection, which is insane because Unless you're someone that has hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to spend on your brand, then what you need to do is actually be really, really focused with your first launch and with your first collection. I always get our clients to launch with one to two products. That is it. 
and hear me out before you freak out. If you have an idea for a 10 or 15 piece collection, that is completely fine. You can launch them for your second or third or fourth collection. But for your first drop, I really want you to focus and only perfect one to two products. The reason behind this is because as a startup founder, especially if you're self-funding and you're side hustling, you are going to have limited time and energy and resources. It is really important that you are strategic with how you spend your time and your energy and your resources. And for your first launch, you want to make sure the products are so high quality, they knock it out of the park so that you can build up your brand reputation and people know that you have high quality products. It's going to be so stressful and so overwhelming for you to try to perfect 15 pieces from the get-go. That's just going to take so much time and you will likely have a launch that's either so stressful you burn out to the crisp or you just delay your launch for years and years and maybe you just never do it because you get overwhelmed. Instead, I really want you to just perfect one product or two products max and then launch that and release that to the world. A lot of big brands started with just one signature product. Everlane perfected the t-shirt, and then they've expanded now to women's wear, men's wear, accessories. It is really important to start small, start intentionally, and then you can grow and scale. Next, I want to go into actually designing and developing your products. Some mistakes here I have seen include, first and foremost, if you don't have a fashion background or formal fashion education, then you should not be doing your own patterns, your own tech packs. You should not be designing your products. It's really important for you to sketch and have an idea of what it looks like. But after that, do not DIY it. It is not worth your time to learn this skill from the ground up right now, especially if you don't have the background for it. Instead, you need to hire, find, and entrust experts. And you can really learn from them this time around. Around, I would ask lots of questions to your pattern maker, your graders, your tech pack people. Really ask them a lot of questions so you know what's going on and you know what to expect. However, if you do have a fashion background, you do have fashion experience, then by all means, design your own pieces. But if you don't, then please find, hire, and trust experts. And when it comes to the materials for your products, I actually think that the simpler you keep it, the better. And also the simpler you keep it, the more cost effective it can be as well. The other benefit of launching with one to two products is that hopefully you can use the same material for that one product or two products you have. And then that way you can hit higher quantities and minimums and things like that. So just try to keep it simple and just use one material for your first launch. When it comes to manufacturers, same thing. Try to keep it simple. Stick to one person. Of course, you want to vet them and do your due diligence. This is key. You want to make sure you ask them a lot of questions. You're comfortable working with them. You ask for product samples. You ask for quality of work. You ask for references, things like that. Next up, let's talk about branding and marketing. Branding and marketing both are important and both do not happen overnight. First of all, your brand is a big differentiating factor. You may have a really unique and validated product to begin with, but if people like it and it takes off, then you best believe that other brands are going to try to copy and imitate you. And what's going to set you apart is your brand. If you think back to why you've bought something recently from a certain brand or business, then you will realize that it's probably because you resonate with the brand, you like what it signals to other people, slash you like their values. If you really want your brand to be known for things like quality or sustainability, then you need to reinforce it and build that over time. It does not happen overnight and you need to continuously act in what's the best interest for your brand. If you think about a bouquet of flowers, even if just one flower in that bouquet 
is wilted or not cohesive with the rest of the bouquet, then it affects the entire bouquet, even if every single other flower is perfect and pristine. And that's the thing about your brand. If you do one thing that's off-brand, it's going to affect your entire bouquet of your brand, if that makes sense. As an example, let's say that you are really conscious, you're really intentional, you put out super high-quality pieces, but even if one product has an issue, then it's going to tarnish the rest of your brand and the rest of people's perceptions of your products or if you decide to work with an influencer and you haven't vetted them let's say and they've worked recently with Shein and Boohoo and all those other fast fashion brands then that is going to hurt your brand as well it's really important to be a protector of your brand and be really conscious and intentional with every single thing you do your marketing is also so important One huge mistake I commonly see is that a lot of people tend to wait to do their marketing until right before they launch. The reason why this is a mistake is because it takes time to build up a community of your ideal customers. And when you launch, you want to make sure that you have a community of not just your friends and your family, but people that are actually your ideal customer and will actually buy from you. Because come launch, if you just have your friends and family buying and then crickets, then you haven't built a business. You've just built an expensive hobby for yourself, right? Really be intentional about setting up your community well in advance. And I actually got our clients to start marketing at least six months before they launch. Even if you don't have products yet, you can still go out and market. You can share behind the scenes. You can put out valuable brand building content like educational content your ideal customer would resonate with. So be creative. Start to just post so that come launch, you actually have people in your community that are your ideal customers. Another mistake I see under the marketing category is that a lot of people, similarly to kind of the customers and thinking that they need to target everyone, when it comes to their marketing, they think they need to be everywhere. And that means they need to be on every single platform like TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Facebook, just everything. And they feel like the more places they're in, the more people will see them and the more successful they will be slash the more money they'll make. But I've actually seen the opposite be true because if you think about it if you want someone to follow you or you think about the accounts you follow it's because you get a lot of value from those accounts or they bring you joy the reality is it actually takes a lot of work to create an account that gives value is beneficial to people because you have limited time resources and energy right now i actually get our clients to focus on one social media platform and then pair it with email marketing that is it you can reserve the handles for everything else but you know, just really make sure you go all in on that one platform. The key though, is to make sure your ideal customer is actually on that platform. And you can find that out through surveys, market research interviews, things like that, really figure out where they're actually spending their time. But it is really important that you invest your time and energy wisely, and you put it into a platform and you do it really, really well, so that people actually follow you. And then you have a community you can sell to, you will be able to make as much as you can at launch. And then after that, you can grow and scale, hire people to help you so that you can expand onto more platforms. Building on top of your branding and marketing, when it comes to your website, you do not need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars getting a custom website. That is not needed at this point in time. Instead, you can utilize Shopify, not another platform, just because Shopify is built for e-com brands. And I've had clients before utilize other platforms like Squarespace or WordPress or something 
And then when they've grown in scale, they have to migrate back onto Shopify. And that's such a pain. So just set yourself up for success from the beginning. Utilize Shopify. And then on Shopify, you can get themes. And you may have to pay like $200 to $500, depending on what theme you want. But once you set it up and you're ready to go, it looks really, really good. A lot of them actually look like custom sites. So you don't need to get a custom coded site. All you need to do is set up a Shopify account, get a theme, get it customized and publish it. The next category of mistakes I wanted to talk about is around launching. So the first big mistake is that I often see people launch over just one day. Like they just launch, they talk about it that one day and then that is it. They don't really talk about it again. And that is such a missed opportunity. I recommend our clients do pre-sales and they sell their pre-sales over two weeks to really maximize how many sales they will get. And if you only talk about it that first day, a lot of the times people will not actually even know that you've launched your brand and you need to talk about it every single day during those two weeks so that everyone knows about it. You need to shout it from the rooftops because first of all, it's such an accomplishment. You've been working on your brand probably for months, if not years. And so you want to celebrate and you want people to know. Secondly, if you don't promote and sell it, you're not going to get sales. That is just how it works. People need to know about what you're offering and your products so that they can give you their money. So you really want to make sure you launch over two weeks and you talk about it every single day. And because of that, a launch is a lot of work. You're going to have a lot of contents going out. You want to be really strategic about what the content looks like. So it's really important you actually pre-plan your launch. And I've seen a lot of people burn out here because they are just waking up every single morning and deciding that day what to post, where instead you need to be pre-planning this and thinking months and months in advance so that you can batch all the content, schedule it, and you can be really cool, calm, and collected come your launch. I give our clients templates and all these different things about every single day what they need to talk about. But in your case, then you will just need to sit down and plan all of that and pre-plan it. To tie these launch mistakes together, last but not least, you need to sell. I talked about how you need to promote and sell, but if you don't sell and you don't promote it, people are not going to know about it and they're not going to buy and you're not going to meet your launch goal. You really need to be selling. And if you have any limiting beliefs around selling, like you think sales is sleazy or you feel like people aren't going to pay for your product because it's too expensive, make sure you again check out the masterclass under the mindset training so that you can really work on it and also check out some books and resources. But it's really important to combat that so that you can go into your launch ready to sell. If you feel some type of way about it, people are going to pick up on it and they're going to think that you're not confident in your product, which is not true, right? So it's really important to make sure you're actually selling. And if you do your work properly and you co-create a solution with your ideal customer, you take that customer first approach, you set out and really promote a validated product, then you are actually doing your ideal customer a favor because you're telling them about a solution that is going to solve a pain point and a problem. And I don't know about you, but if someone told me they had something that would solve a problem and a pain point I was dealing with, I would gladly give them my credit card because I see value in it. It is really important to follow everything I've told you in this episode, but also check out past episodes and past YouTube videos I've done so that you can be strategically sound and build a business that is set to scale, but also set to be successful and actually make revenue. There's a lot of other common mistakes, but these are the top ones I see. And I hope that this was helpful for you. Feel free to take a screenshot, tag us at Recloseted on Stories. I love seeing who's listening to the podcast. 
And if you have any questions, feel free to DM us at Recloseted on Instagram or just shoot us an email to hello at recloseted.com. Love hearing from you. I would love to hear which mistake was your favorite or which one you got the most out of. And like I mentioned at the top of the episode, make sure you check out our brand new masterclass. I'm super proud of it. You're going to get the complete list of tasks to go from idea to successful 20K launch. You are also going to get a bunch of lessons around how to set up your business, how to set up your founder foundation. There's lessons on funding, product strategy, finances. And so make sure you check it out. It's completely free. You can snag it at recalcited.com slash masterclass. And that's a wrap on this episode. If you got value from this, I would appreciate it if you could take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at Recloseted. Be sure to subscribe to the Recloseted Radio podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode and you have access to all of our valuable resources. And if you're feeling generous, please rate our podcast five stars and leave us a glowing review. I'm cheering you on and together, let's transform the harmful fashion industry.